Hello and welcome to the Blues Guitar Show podcast with me, Ben Martin, from thebluesguitarshow.com. Those of you on my email subscriber list will have seen already, this week I'm going to be launching the Blues Guitar Show membership program, the Blues Guitar Show Plus membership. Uh, This is a membership of just $5 a month, and for that I'm going to be releasing a members-only episode of the podcast every week that's going to follow a complete learning pathway. So if you're kind of tired of bouncing around little bits of the internet, picking up tips and tricks here and there and struggling to really piece this stuff together this is for you specifically designed for you so we're going to start off with pentatonic kind of scale basics and then we're going to ramp it up so you can really get to grips with understanding the fretboard what i want for you is i want you to be in a situation where somebody's gonna uh, you're playing a jam session and it's your turn to take a solo and you just feel no pressure, you can absolutely just rip into the kind of solo that you always wanted to play. So that is the methodology behind the Blues Guitar Show Plus membership. As I say, it's going to be following a learning pathway. Each week's episode is going to follow on from the week before. It doesn't actually matter when you uh, sign up, you're going to get access to all of those episodes and the corresponding tabs and exercises that go along with it. The way that works is once you subscribe to the membership, you'll get added into a um, Google Drive folder that has every tab for every episode so if that's something you're interested in it will be linked to in the show notes below i think it's one of those things if you're if you can't commit time wise to private sessions uh, if you're not sure about having one-on-one lessons or you live somewhere where it's difficult to find a guitar teacher for one-on-one lessons um or if you work shifts and it's it's hard to get regular time slots for online lessons things like this could be a really good solution for you it could be something that's going to really take your guitar playing to that next level Uh, i'm aiming to turn all of the intermediate guitarists that i know who still struggle with some of this fretboard recognition stuff still struggle with wearing uh, knowing where the notes are on the guitar neck and just stick a rocket up their ass and get them to that level where they are soloing and playing confidently when they're improvising Now, today's episode is a little bit different. I had a request, actually, from somebody. This was somebody I was chatting to in person uh, to do a little bit more content that was a bit less um, gear, uh, gear, guitar-focused. So, effectively, it's it's better for if you listen to it in the car or if this is something you want to enjoy, just a bit of light entertainment rather than kind of something that you you particularly want to learn. So, I saw... um, I saw a Facebook post about this and I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm going to do that. And I deliberately didn't read the Facebook post um, because I didn't want it to affect what I, I didn't want to be reminded of anything I'd forgotten. Um, So I thought, you know, just start this completely blind and let's just go in and see, you know, what I can kind of come up with. And I'm sure there's going to be loads of things that I miss out and loads of people disagree with. And really that's, you know, that's part of the fun, isn't it? That's the fun of us being able to do all of this together. Um, I'm going to try and throw in some audio examples for some of these as well, though. Um, So I think we'll get a chance to have a bit of listen to a bit of the music, specifically a bit of the guitar playing. But this is my top 10 classic rock guitar albums straight off the top of my head. I've done absolutely no research into this. These are just 10 albums that I was... I had a a little look through my iTunes library, but I had a bit of um, CDs I had in the car. But this was 10 albums I thought, yes, 
you know, immediately sprang to mind when I thought top 10 classic rock guitar albums. So here we go. For each one, I'm going to play a little bit of the music for you, then tell you what the album is, why I think it's an essential classic rock guitar album. And then at the end, I'd love you to tell me if you agree. Leave a comment uh, if you're listening on Spotify. Shoot me an email, ben at com, and let me know if you have any other albums that you think uh, I've totally missed off. Guitarists that I completely forgot about, which is very, very likely. But yeah, let me know. Here's the first one, number 10. So as some of you may know, that is the track Call of the Wild from the House of Blue Light album by Deep Purple. Uh, It's actually really a divisive album for Deep Purple fans. A lot of people really don't like it. I absolutely love it. It's it's probably my favourite Deep Purple album, which is quite an unpopular opinion. Uh, It's from 1987, which as we all know is one of the greatest years of rock and roll music. Um, It's the Mark II lineup. It's the reformed Mark II lineup, which means that we have Richie Blackmore, um, Richie Blackmore playing guitar, who actually stated that a lot of it was re-recorded and he said in his words I think I played like shit on it I don't think anyone else really got that into it um which is strange because for me I it's one of the things I, it's it's some of my favorite Richie Blackmore guitar playing <laughs> so kind of goes to show I mean maybe I mean Richie Blackmore has got very self-indulgent in his guitar playing in the last few years certainly with the, the whole Blackmore night thing uh, and if you don't know about Blackmore's Night um it's kind of Richie Blackmore's current project where he he does sort of celtic pagan wiccan music um i think with his wife it's 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 very strange um yeah you go listen to it and uh, see see what see how you feel about it um but for me uh, the thing about house of blue light is that they were just great songs it was that real kind of um 80s rock period where the songs were king and for a band like deep purple who are certainly prone to in some of their work um overindulging in long organ solos and guitar solos and stuff getting back to a point where the songs are the most important thing i think is is really important and uh it's produced by roger glover which who's the bass player um who's still the bass player in deep purple so that was call of the wild And that is off Deep Purple's House of Blue Light album. Okay, number nine. Oh, what can you do? 
sugar walls and a two candle cane window. But Sylvia's mood melted up all those inside. Everybody's on fire, but I'm snowing in a cold winter. Where are you when it's a hot, cold summer? Where are you when it's a hot, cold summer? Where are you when it's a hot, cold summer? So that is the track Long Hot Summer Night from Electric Ladyland. Uh, this is where we get, I mean, we're kind of top nine now. So you're um, going to start getting into a lot of albums that hopefully you know and love as much as I know and love them. Uh, Electric Ladyland released in 1968. Of course, Jimi Hendrix or the Jimi Hendrix Experience. It was their final studio album before his death in 1970. It was a double album, which is one of the reasons I think that um, I'm particularly fond of it because it just has so many great tracks on it, including the cover of All Along the Watchtower, which was one of the first things I think I ever heard Hendrix do. And it's something that I uh, I still teach a lot to this day. In fact, I had a rehearsal with a band a couple of weeks ago where we did uh, All Along the Watchtower and um, Purple Haze. Uh, yeah, Purple Haze. And it was the first time I'd kind of learned a Hendrix song in such a long time. And it just really reminds you what an amazing, what amazing player he was. Um, yeah, this album has some of my favourite guitar playing on it. Uh, if I just kind of look over the track listing, I mean, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? You've got Voodoo Child, Crosstown Traffic, uh, Little Miss Strange, Long Hot Summer Night, and then all the way down to um, All Along the Watchtower and uh, 1983. It's a great tune. So amazing, amazing album. Uh, one of the albums that's particularly influential on my playing. I feel like Hendrix is one of those players that I try, you know, I, I really try and emulate his playing a lot, and, and so do a lot of the people that I enjoy listening to. I think I've mentioned on the show before, I'm a big fan of John Fashante, John Fashante and uh, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam, John Fashante from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, obviously. Um, they're both, you know, you can hear Hendrix coming through in their playing all the time, and it's it's just one of the greatest things, and uh, one of the things uh, that kind of made me fall in love with playing guitar. So, number nine, Hendrix, Electric Ladyland. That song, of course, you're hearing is Have a Drink on Me from the Back in Black album by ACDC. Uh, one of my favourite ACDC riffs, that one. Um, 
one that I play all the time. It's one of those uh, songs for me that when I first pick up a guitar, I often play the riff from Have a Drink on Me. Uh, I really like how the riff starts in kind of one timing and then shifts when the when the rest of the music comes in. It's really, really cool. Um, Back in Black is from 1980. Uh, it's the sixth studio album by ACDC. Um, it was the first album to feature Brian Johnson, the new lead singer, uh, following the death of Bon Scott. Um, for me, being the age that I am, I, I grew up with ACDC having Brian Johnson in it. Um, and I never... I never listened to a lot of the pre-Brian Johnson stuff until much later. And I think, obviously, um, the earlier ACDC albums are absolutely fantastic. Um, Highway to Hell, particularly, which was the one, I think, just before Back in Black. Um, but Back in Black, for me, was the was the big ACDC album, the one that I knew every song of. You know, I knew the riff from Hell's Bells, I knew Back in Black, I knew Have a Drink on Me, um, You Shook Me All Night Long, I think, is also on this album. So a brilliant album and just an absolute must-listen for your kind of rock guitar goodness. I think, in a way, um, ACDC have become the kind of... They are the go-to classic rock band, aren't they? You know, sort of as your, your typical stadium rock band. Um, and Angus Young's playing, I think, is actually hugely underrated. I think he's a fantastic guitarist. I mean, he really is. Uh, I was trying to learn the guitar solo a few weeks ago from Whole Lot of Rosie. I mean, it's a really, really intricate solo with loads of different pieces going on. And when you listen to interviews with them, they're just the most humble guys. So that is our next one in the list, ACDC, Back in Black. I ran down to the levee, but the devil caught me there. Took my twenty dollar bill and it vanished in the air. Said I'm running, but take my time. A friend of the devil is a friend of mine. I get home before daylight, just might get some sleep tonight. Got two reasons why I cry awake lonely night. The first one's named Sweet Amberie, and she's my heart's delight. Second one is prison, baby, the sheriff's on my trail. And if he catches up with me, I'll spend my life in jail. So in at number seven, we have American Beauty by The Grateful Dead. As I mentioned constantly on this podcast, Jerry Garcia is one of the greatest guitar players of all time. He uses the modes more than any other guitar player in a classic rock band. It is not your typical kind of pentatonic licks, kind of blues licks. It's one of the most interesting things about The Grateful Dead is um, Jerry's playing his background in bluegrass and his kind of use of jazz voicings and stuff. He really is a phenomenal player. And for me, American Beauty being their fifth studio album... <clears throat> from 1970 um american beauty is the the grateful dead album i listen to obviously there's a lot of great live grateful dead albums i mean a lot a lot <laughs> um i think long strange trip the movie that came out a while ago the soundtrack for that has a really good compilation of the best live tracks um recordings of the dead playing live um but i think american beauty in terms of a studio album is is the one it's got just the best lineup of tracks, hasn't it? I mean, Sugar Magnolia. Um, what else is on this album? It's Trucking is on this album. Friend of uh, Friend of the Devil, Box of Rain, Ripple. <clears throat> just so many of the classics. This is kind of for me. This is their album. Um, 
So if you aren't aware of the Grateful Dead, as I know a lot of people, I mean, not not aware of them, but a lot of, lot of guys over in the UK, we didn't get a lot of Grateful Dead um, over here. But there's so much to explore when you get into it. It's one of those things that really kind of grabs you. And, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time listening to the Grateful Dead live stuff, um, trying to pick out, you know, my favourite live version of each song. Um I could spend a little while sitting here giving you those, but I won't. Uh, although I will tell you that my favourite Grateful Dead live track is uh, on the compilation, Long Strange Trip. And let me just make sure I'm going to get this right, because I think it's it's live at the Lyceum, um, which is not far from here. Um, live at the Lyceum, is that right? It is, yeah. Morning Dew, live at the Lyceum, absolutely amazing performance and one of my favourite live guitar solos ever. So, number seven, we have The Grateful Dead with American Beauty. Oh, you gonna take me home tonight Oh, down beside that red firelight Oh, you gonna let it all hang out Fat bottom girls, you make the I'm just interrupting this episode to let you know about the Blues Guitar Show Plus membership. Plus members get access to weekly lessons each Friday complete with tabs and downloads. For just $5 a month, you'll get instant access to nearly a year's worth of guitar lessons covering finger picking, fretboard theory, soloing, improvising, slide and much, much more. If you're tired of bouncing around on YouTube trying to pick up bits of information from here and from there and you find it hard to commit to regular lessons, this is for you. Details of how to join are in the description below. Now back to the episode. So clearly at number six, we have the album Jazz by Queen. Um, I could put this album in there just based on that riff alone. The riff from Fat Bottom Girls is just so much fun to play. Really, really cool. If you've never played it in a band before, it's um, it's one of those songs that like it wasn't um, one of Queen's biggest hits. But if you play that at a show, everybody knows it, especially over here. And so much, uh, so much fun to play. Um, Brian May's guitar playing is absolutely phenomenal on the whole album. It's one of the weirder albums, and I quite like that. I really like the sort of experimental side to Queen. Um, so that's something that I really, I really appreciate in their in their music. But yeah, number six, jazz by Queen, Mwah. Chef's Kiss of an album.
So I couldn't really do a list of the best classic rock guitar albums without including at least one Van Halen album. The one I went for is 5150, which is the seventh studio album produced by Van Halen. But actually, it's the first album um, to be recorded with Sammy Hagar, who uh, replaced David Lee Roth as their singer. Um, the uh, The album takes its name from Eddie Van Halen's studio called 5150 um absolutely fabulous album uh came out in 1986 so a lot of the albums in this list seem to be around from the same kind of period so i guess you can kind of say that uh, i'm a fan of that period i suppose um so phenomenal guitar playing again i think uh similarly to what was the other one i said just about in the list um similarly to the acdc one i think around about this time is the kind of for me it's where van halen's playing started to get a lot more tasteful um, it wasn't just going for speed all of the time. It had a really great um, kind of taste to his guitar solos. They had much more singability, if that's a word. Is that a word? Like one of the things that um, I was always taught growing up was that the best guitar solos, you can sing them. Uh, things like Pink Floyd solos, you know, the solo of Comfortably Numb, um, Brian May solos in Queen, you know, the best guitar solos you can sing and you can you can do this with the with the solos on this album. It's songs like "The Best of Both Worlds," "Summer Nights," "5150," uh, 50, the title track. Um, you can sing the guitar solos, and I think that makes a massive difference. It kind of if you compare it to earlier Van Halen, that was much more kind of you know crazy um, lickage. If that's <laughs> I'm just making up loads of words today, crazy lickage. Um, it's a really really fantastic example out of guitar playing being of that caliber but also totally suiting the song so that is in at what number are we on now 10 9 8 7 6 5 in at number 5 5150 van halen So for number four, we are back to the early 80s and we are live, uh, a little bit cheating for me, I guess, here, just putting a live album on here, but Live in the Heart of the City by Whitesnake. This album was a massive influence on me when I was growing up. It's something I listened to back to front over and over again. I had at least two different versions of it um, and I can pretty much recite all of the bits in between the songs that he says including the classic from this one, Here's a Song for You, um, which is something that's just so David Coverdale. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, the lineup for this one, let's have a check of who's playing on this one because Whitesnake are a band that had crazy amounts of lineup changes. Um, so I know that Bernie Marston is definitely playing, who I'm desperately trying to get on the podcast. So if anyone has a contact at Bernie Marston, I'm trying to get him on the podcast. I know that Danny Bryant 
is tight with him, who I spoke to a few weeks back, but um, I'd love to chat to him on air. So the lineup for this one was Coverdale, Mick Moody, Bernie Marsden, Neil Murray on bass, Ian Pace on drums, uh, John Lord on keyboards. So pretty much your, your classic early British version of White Snake's lineup before Coverdale went over to the US and uh, kind of changed the band. But the dueling guitars on this is the reason you have to listen to this album. The dueling guitars are absolutely brilliant. And you know what? It's not easy to do that live when you've got two players playing together in terms of kind of intonation and timing and stuff. It's really, really difficult to do. Thin Lizzy are also another band that are fantastic at it. But Live in the Heart of the City, an absolute classic. So in at number three, we finally get to Led Zeppelin territory. Um, And do you know what? It's really difficult to choose a Led Zeppelin album because I thought I can't have all of them in here. Um, As I've said, I think, on the podcast before, you know, I started off playing bass. It was my main instrument. And I learned pretty much from I had two books. One was Led Zeppelin one and two. The other one was Led Zeppelin three and four. So these albums, the first four. I really, really know them well uh, in that I know how to play them on bass guitar and I'm quite a few of them and I know how to play on drums. So I have a really <laughs> sort of um, good overall view of these of these tracks and they're just fantastic um, albums. I really like the length of Led Zeppelin albums. I think actually that for me, I'm contradicting myself here because I know I said I liked a double album earlier in this in this podcast. But <laughs> I think for me, the eight, nine, ten track albums, they are they are the best um, length for an album to be because I just think it's it's like it, you're taking the cream of the crop at that point aren't you you're taking the best nine songs you know you're not you're not there's no it's all killer no filler um not the uh not the album all killer no filler which is crap um but the concept all killer no filler um Led Zeppelin 3 though I chose because do you know I think one of the things that really influenced me I met a guy who I played with years ago called um Nick Roberts he was a phenomenal guitarist, an absolute live wire, but a totally, totally amazing guitar player. And he had this really cool mix of, he would play kind of blues and rock. And at the time I played, I just played a lot of blues and rock and country. Uh, but he also, he knew how to do folk. And I mean, like he really knew how to play folk. He knew how to finger pick and, you know, play excellent kind of folk music. And that kind of really turned me on to... Um, rediscovering these albums in a whole different way the kind of folk element that they have on Led Zeppelin 3 is is so interesting it's there's something very English about it which I think is uh, something that I quite I quite enjoy about Zeppelin in general um but there's a yeah folk element to it that just shows what what caliber of player Jimmy Page really is um 
on you know multiple instruments i mean i think he, you know this is the album he plays the mandolin on but when he's when he's playing his kind of folk guitar from um, tracks like the one we just heard um but also from other tracks on the album um you can really get you can get a good idea of the breadth of his playing and just how good he is and how well-rounded he is and i think you know he's someone that takes he gets a bit of flack for being a bit one dimensional sometimes, but he really isn't. I mean, he's really multi-dimensional guitarist um, up there with anybody that you can think of. So really, really love this one. Great album. If you want to learn the songs on our album to kind of improve your guitar playing, I think Led Zeppelin three would be the one. Um, I think there's a bunch of tracks like since I've been loving you is a great one for learning um, playing solos. Uh, the immigrant song is a great one for learning your timing because it's, it's a tricky riff to get and it's repetitive. Uh, Gallows Pole is just it's just gorgeous. If you want to learn and play something acoustic, Gallows Pole is a great one. Um, Out on the Tiles Celebration. I mean, it's every song is a is an absolute banger. So Led Zeppelin three classic album. This album just makes me feel 15 again. Um, I <laughs> such such a great record. Um, I had I had this album on uh, vinyl, tape, and CD, um, which will tell you something about how much how much I love Rush and um, how much I love this album. Again, going back to what I was saying earlier, you know, starting as a bass player, obviously Rush are one of the creme de la creme bands for, for bass players. I mean, Geddy Lee is almost unmatched for me in terms of rock bass playing, certainly in the era that, um, the era that he was in. But Alex Lifeson's playing is so underrated, so underrated. And I think it's underrated because I think he was probably existing in a kind of time and era where, I mean, I don't know what year 2112 came out. Was it, was it 78? Something like that. Let's let's double check that. I'll fact check whilst I talk. Let's try and do that. Um but oh yeah, seventy-eight. Oh, seventy-six. No, I thought I was being really clever then. Um yeah, I mean so Alex Lifeson was probably, you know, a guitar hero in the era of the guitar heroes. And what I mean by that is, you know, he was up against people that were absolutely wailing on the instrument and you know crazy blues licks all over the place and you know you you compete with people like um Robert um Jimmy Page and you know you're not you're not that long off back off the heels of Led Zeppelin and things like that but I think I don't think he gets the status that he deserves I think people you know people tend to hail Frank Zappa as being you know the innovator of guitar who was doing all this crazy different stuff and sort of you know the grandfather of prog or whatever you want to think um about that and he's obviously a great a great guitarist but Alex Lifeson has some of the most interesting guitar solos and particularly on this album and not just that his acoustic playing is gorgeous it's gorgeous I mean if you listen to the the little classical parts in 2112 
and uh, you know much like the, uh, the beginning the opening track to a farewell to kings i mean it's a gorgeous piece of classical guitar arrangement he is a really really phenomenal player so in terms of classic rock albums i don't know if I, I, i'm going to count rush as classic rock um because i'm making the rules <laughs> but number two 2112 by rush an album i absolutely love an album i can play hopefully pretty much um play note for note if i remember it all correctly but um yeah one of those albums i just span round and round and round and i absolutely adore now we're in on the number one slot so drum roll please Now, I know you didn't think we were going to get through this list with just one Led Zeppelin entrant into it. Absolutely not. I am, of course, cheating a little bit again with the number one slot. But this is purely a list of classic rock albums that have influenced me and my guitar playing and my kind of musical journey. And How the West Was Won um, is the absolute pinnacle of live recordings if you take nothing away from this list uh if you can't stand my music taste and you don't get any of it um even if that's the case you need to listen to how the west was won particularly just for the guitar playing if nothing else um so how the west was won is a triple live album which is super duper cool uh, it was actually released in 2003 which might be one of the reasons where i why i kind of resonate with it so much because i remember it um I remember it arriving in my dad's car, you know, <laughs> I remember, um, I remember this album kind of, um, arriving into my life and into the, into existence. Uh, but it's a recording from Long Beach arena in 1972. Jimmy Page said he considered it that Led Zeppelin at this point had been at their artistic peak. And, um, as he mentioned in the liner notes and the interview he gave to the times newspaper in 2010, he sees this as the best Led Zeppelin live recording. For many years, these recordings circulated only in the form of bootlegs, um, such as like Burn Like a Candle and through soundboard recordings of the Led Zeppelin concerts throughout that kind of period. And it's it's one of those things. It's almost it was, you know, it was basically too good for them to not release. And that's why it's one of the absolute pinnacles of um, live albums and particularly for Jimmy Page's playing. I think Jimmy Page is the standout. You know, he is the MVP of this uh, this gig. 
and this album. Uh, but the track listing as well, you know, it goes through, it's, it's, it's just banger after banger. You know, there's not one, because, I mean, Led Zeppelin have done some kind of strange uh, stuff, space, especially in the later period. And this just captures them at, at their their kind of peak artistically, musically, and as a band, they're so tight. I mean, if you listen to the, the tracks that are difficult to nail, and if you've played any of these tracks, you'll know this. Things like Black Dog can be really, really difficult to nail. Um, Dazed and Confused has got a tricky, tricky kind of uh, rhythmic element to it. What is and what should never be has got a really kind of difficult swing kind of feel to get um, in the verses and try and keep the kind of try and keep it really light in the verses, really heavy in the choruses. And you can just really tell this is the sound of a band who are incredibly well rehearsed and playing amazingly together. Um, there's a DVD version of it too. You can find pretty much all of it on YouTube, I believe. Yeah, I think it looks like you can pretty much find most of it on YouTube. But if you haven't got this album, I thoroughly recommend going out and getting it. Um, and you won't regret it. It is, it is to me, it is the pinnacle of that kind of classic guitar blues laden guitar rock and uh that is you know that's something we all know and love so that was my top 10 list of classic rock guitar albums uh i'm sure everyone listening to this probably disagrees with me i'm sure you were shouting at your car radio or uh headphones wherever it is you listen to these podcasts um telling me that i've completely forgotten about some amazing player i'm aware that i didn't put any pink floyd in here um i think because i don't know whether i think of pink floyd as classic rock i mean they are aren't they but i sort of put them in a different category i sort of think of them as in a slightly different category to some of these other bands maybe that's why although also i think dark side of the moon is a is a fantastic album obviously and it is totally you know it's it's an absolute classic and gilmore's a fantastic player but i don't know if i have a sort of connection to the pink floyd albums as such you know there's a couple of the live records that i really like and there's large parts of the wall that i really enjoy um but I don't know, as in like for, you know, an album listening, Pulse is probably the closest thing. Um, yeah, Pulse is a really good, a really good live album. But yeah, there is my top 10 list. Uh, let me know if you enjoyed this kind of thing. I'm always happy to record different kinds of podcasts um, to kind of go in with the guitar learning stuff. I want to keep it, this podcast generally focused on guitar learning, but it's always cool to go off and do slightly different things. So do leave a comment, leave a review. Let me know if you enjoy this. Let me know what your top 10 list would be. I'd really like to see some of your top 10 lists because if anything, if nothing else, it might remind me of some albums that I've forgotten and I would love to go back and listen to because that is what it's all about. Um, don't forget, if you're interested in signing up to the membership program, the show notes below has the link. That's going to be starting from this Friday. So get in early if you can. Um, lesson one is going to come out this Friday. So for you guys that uh, are not going to become plus members, you'll start to see lessons on the podcast feed with a little lock sign on it. That will be the, the ones that are for the members only. Um, other than that, have a great week, everybody. Uh, don't forget for anything else, shoot me an email, ben at com. Follow me on Instagram at bluesguitarshowpodcast. And I will catch you next time.
Are you fully fretboard confident? Do you know where the notes are, how they connect and how they move up and down the strings? My latest book, The Triad Method, is all about using simple three note shapes to completely unlock the fretboard. This book is absolutely full of light bulb moments that are going to demystify the neck three notes at a time. I've compiled a huge number of diagrams, shapes and exercises based on over 10 years of teaching this stuff to make it as simple as possible. Download The Triad Method and see for yourself today. Link is in the description below.